on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 f- games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They'll look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. What's happening, Mohawk Valley? Great to have you on board as always. You can listen to this here program on the ESPN app as well. And the beauty about that is you download the app and you find the Listen tab on the ESPN app. And you can listen via ESPN Syracuse, via ESPN Utica, Rome. You do not have to be in either one of those places to listen. You could be anywhere in the world except the bathroom. That's kind of gross. And listen to the show wherever you go, whatever you do. So download that app, hit the Listen tab. Don't forget about our podcast, too. We podcast this show. Oh, yes, we do. In iTunes and Google Play, we take a kind of a 30-minute condensed version, commercial-free, of this show, the best of the best. Jamming in there for you, and if you subscribe in iTunes and Google Play, uh, it gets sent right to your smart device, your iPhone, your iPad, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Perhaps you get your podcasts uh, by telegraph. I don't know. However you get them, we send them to you, okay? Here's how you get in touch with the program, 437-7644. That's the phone number. You can tweet us, Brent Axe Media, Brent Axe Media. You can also use the the on-the-block text line, at 288-0644 to reach the program. All great ways to get in touch with the show. Fire off those hot takes, baby. That's hot. I'm ready. We have two guests joining the show today. One is Steve Kyler. Steve is going to join us in this hour of the program. We had Steve on uh, right around the time Tyus Battle entered the NBA draft. Got his thoughts on what the draft looks like, what he would be up against. We also talked to Steve about Darius Baisley. He had some great insight into that about what he had ahead of him in the G League and everything. And I said, boy, we got to get Steve back on at some point. Today's a great day to do it because, of course, we know Tyus Battle is coming back. So when people say, well, the 2019 draft is weak, you know, and by the way, I'm one of those people, what do we mean by that? Do we mean at the top? Is it still deep? What, what does that mean for Tyus? Because we're all kind of under the assumption, well, if he comes back and improves his game, then He'll go in the first round next year, and I think we know uh, the first three letters of assumption or assume are what they are for a reason. So I want to get a little clarification on what's ahead for Tyus. Players that come back and improve their stock and, you know, look at both sides of this. Plus a little thing called the NBA Finals starts tonight, right? Will the Cavs win a game? I think the answer to that is yes. I think the answer to that is unequivocally yes. Cleveland will take one in this series. 
because they have uh, LeBron James, and Golden State gets just that disinterested at times that I think Cleveland could steal one. We'll break down the NBA Finals with Steve Kyler. We will talk to our buddy Mike McAllister in the next hour of the program, top of the 5 o'clock hour on Tyus coming back, recruiting, you know, lost in the sea of Tyus watch yesterday was Isaiah Stewart, big-time recruit from the Rochester area, has narrowed his list down, and da 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 Syracuse is on it. So we will talk to Mike about that. We'll do hot takes as usual and so much more. But, of course, we start with Tyus Watch. Jerry McNamara on Orange Nation earlier today now can discuss Tyus Battle being on his roster next year and what kind of excitement that creates about this team returning. Let's take a listen to that. Here's GMAC. Oh, hold on. Here it comes. There's been a few years where we had that, you know, that group coming back where you knew uh, you knew something could take place. I think this particular year coming back, I think the more exciting thing other than that is the fact that we have other guys coming in. You know, we have Barama who's going to be healthy, hopefully. Uh, you know, Pascal had a shoulder, a lot of that, and we think Barama's a really good player who was injured, so... Uh, you know, we have help from the guard position. Buddy's coming in as a shooter. Jalen's coming in as a guard. Elijah Hughes is eligible. Uh, you know, there, there, there's a lot of different moving parts. We have multiple lineups, different guys that can play multiple positions. Uh, you know, that's really exciting to me, and the fact that you bring back the group that, that did what they did. And, uh, you know, you add some shooting. You add some versatility, uh, some ball handling. So, uh, you know, there, there's going to be a little bit more options for us uh, this upcoming season. As uh, they certainly will be, but when you add a player of Tyus Battle's capability, the improvements that he will make, uh, not an NBA talent this year, but certainly can be an NBA talent next year, there is a lot to be excited about there. It kind of changes the course of what you expect from a season. And sometimes it's better for teams to lie in the weeds and surprise people, but there's just certain teams that you can't avoid the expectations will be high. You're a victim of your own success in a way, right? Because last year's team MacGyvered their way to the Sweet 16 with barely six healthy players. You heard Jerry say it there. Barama's knee and Pascal's shoulder and Tyus and O'Shea and Frank Howard had to play 40 minutes a game, every game, and now there's depth at that guard position. There's options at the forward. You didn't even mention Robert Braswell in there, who I think is is a good player. We'll, we'll see how he kind of weaves his way into the rotation, but... Last year you had to play those guys because just you looked at the bench and there was nobody else. They were searching to see if Jerry had any eligibility left. You sure you graduated? You sure this is because we could we could use another guard for a game or two, Jerry. So now this team has options, and one of those big options is of course Tyus Battle, as Jerry describes here. Uh, where does Tyus need to improve? Now this of course would kind of apply to a pro level, but. He'll be doing that improving as a junior on this roster next year. Let's take a listen. Well, I think obviously the three-point percentage, I think we finished right around, he finished right around 32, 33% last year. Uh, you know, part of that I think sometimes is late in the clock. You know, you're forced to make a play. He was obviously our guy with the basketball and the fans when we needed it to make something happen. Uh, we're going to be a little bit deeper, obviously, this upcoming season. Uh, you know, so that thirty, that forty-six minutes he played per game, you know, that might go down a little bit, uh, which could be a good thing, you know. But I think number one, the three-point field goal percentage, and uh, you know, the assist to turnover ratio. I think that's the big thing is 
you know, can you elevate your ability to make shots and can you go make a few plays? Uh, you know, I think that's the area that he hasn't really showcased yet. You know, I, so much of, of what we did offensively was predicated on how he put the ball in the basket. You know, it could have taken a little bit away from his ability to be able to go and make, make basketball plays. And, and that's an area that, you know, number one, he needs to showcase a little bit more of, but, uh, you know, an, an area that I think he can improve on. Now, let me share with you something. I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine today, and I thought he brought up a, a point that was interesting enough, and it's rare that this friend would do this, but I thought he brought up a point that was at least sharing for a few minutes here. And I believe I've heard Paulie Sibilia, not the person I had the conversation with, I believe I saw Paulie Sibilia making the same point on Twitter. You're happy that Tyus Battle's coming back, right? That's kind of a stupid question. Syracuse fans were very excited. Now, yesterday was very interesting because the news did break somewhat technically on this show because the first reports came in when Jeff Goodman and, and John Rothstein reported that Tyus was coming back. So then I get off the air. We discussed that for you know the last 20 minutes of the show, and I get off the air. I do a Facebook Live on Syracuse.com, and, and at that time, Adam Zagoria reported that from talking to Gary Battle, his father, that nothing was official yet. So he kind of waited around a few hours, and then Jonathan Gavoni, who is ESPN's now lead dog in NBA draft coverage, is at a pro workout with Tyus Battle, tweets a photo of Tyus. There he is. So I certainly wasn't the only one, but I tweeted at Gavoni, and I said, hey, uh, while you're there, uh, we're a couple hours away from the deadline, and we're still kind of not sure here. And then Gavoni tweeted it, and then all the official stuff came out, and you know, with about an hour and change to go until the official deadline, Tyus was back. So kind of a side story to that. But you were happy when you heard the news, either the first time around or when it was officially official, right? And a friend of mine was talking to me today. He said, isn't that kind of weird how happy we are about that? And I said, what do you mean by that? He said, well, this kid failed to achieve his dream, to get to the NBA. He went through the workouts. He went through the process, and they told him, and the feedback was that, well, you're probably not good enough right now. Now, it depends on how you define that. He certainly wasn't good enough to be a first-round pick now, right? He would have been drafted but maybe not where he wanted to be, and then you're talking about second-round picks and the uncertainty of those contracts and maybe playing in the G League, and if that's what you want, that's what you want. That's what Darius Baisley wants. Just go to the G League. Forget the college thing, and, and let's just let it roll. And I said, that's an interesting point that you make, but it, it just demonstrates that this is really, really hard to do. Like These are really good players, but to be a pro, you have to be elite. You have to be the best of the best, the less than 1% out there. For all the dreams that a lot of really good basketball players have, and there's a lot of really good college basketball players in this world. There's a lot of really good professional basketball players that play in different parts of the world. You know, we're hearing the roster being put together for Bayheim's Army, right? And you're hearing about these players that are either coming back to the team or are coming to the team for the first time, and you're hearing names like Akeem Warwick, and you're hearing names like Demetrius Nichols, and you're hearing names like, you know, Eric Devendorf plays every year. He's played pro ball in other places, and like these are really good players. But they're not NBA players. It just demonstrates there's a lot of really good basketball players in the world that can get paid to get to, let me say that again, can get paid to play 
places. A lot of P words in there. But the NBA, that's the big boy league. That's the tough one to make. So Tyus Battle didn't fail. I still think Tyus Battle is an NBA player. There's a difference between an NBA player and a pro. Because the NBA is the ultimate. It's the elite. It's really freaking hard to be an NBA player. To not only get to the league, but stick in the league. Which is why I have so much respect for, you know, we Syracuse guys that don't make it. Danny Shays played in the NBA for, Seth, you would know better than I, and I can I, I can Google it here, but he played in, in, the, in the league for, what, 14, 15 years? There are players that, they're, yeah, they're not all-stars. They're not, you know, guys you're hearing about. You're not, people aren't putting posters on their wall of them, but it's stuck in the league, the Jason Hart's of the world. They, they played in the NBA for seven, eight, nine years. Like, do you realize how hard that is to do? And what Tyus is doing is breaking a pattern because the pattern has been this, and I brought this up on yesterday's show, and it's worth circling back on. What we have learned the past six years is that Syracuse has been the example of the player who goes to the draft and stays there. And that is one and two and done. That is Deion Waiters, two and done. Michael Carter-Williams, two and done. Tyler Ennis, one and done. Chris McCullough, one and done. Malachi Richardson, one and done. Tyler Lydon, two and done. They've all been go to the draft and stay there. We have our first example of a Syracuse player in a long time that goes to the draft, tests the waters, and says, "Mm, not what I want to jump into right now. I am going to come back to Syracuse. By the way, Danny Shea's played 18 years in the NBA. That is amazing. That's an amazing career. When you think about all the great ones, how often does Danny Shays roll off your lips? It should. Playing the NBA for 18 years, you know how hard that is? So, Tyus is going to break the mold. And it's been interesting because we've seen the players that go and stay. We've seen the players that go and come back. And we've seen the players that committed and didn't come at all and are going to try and go to the G League. Syracuse has a lot, you know, this Syracuse, New York is actually a big test market for products and different things that companies kind of float out there and they see what the public response is. It may not be anymore. I know at one time Syracuse was a big test market for things. I remember back in the day they tested Zima. You remember Zima? Put the Jolly Rancher in it. Anyway, Syracuse basketball is a great test market for One and done, two and done, stay in the draft, come back. Don't come at all, even after you committed and go to the G League, something we've pretty much never seen before. I mean, it's incredible to think about. So Tyus is back. We will get into that much more as we continue, including what the 2019 draft looks like. Steve Kyler, our guest who will join us next, can break that down. Let me squeeze in a phone call quick before we take a break and get Steve on. Vito in North Syracuse. He's on the block, ESPN Radio. Vito, lead us off, buddy. What's up? Yeah, you know I'm going to come out of the woodwork when something big like this happens. Put up so, the bat uh, signal, baby. Yeah, I, I, I did want to say this uh, about battle. A couple points I want to make. I firmly believe, and this is not you know any insider info, this is just what I think. I think it was either going to be Basley or him. I think Basley came here, and I don't know if this point was already made on your show maybe yesterday or not, but I think that if Basley came, Tyus would have been out regardless of what happened at the Combine. That's just my belief. 
And I think if you ask any SU fan, any any smart SU fan, who you would rather have, I think you're going to say you're going to want Battle here. Is he? You know, he's he's proven himself. He's got college experience. And I don't know if you have any information on that. What your thought is on that? Uh, but I do have one more point. Uh, but let me let me get your answer on that first. I don't. No, is my answer, Vito. Anything I would say about that would be speculation. I haven't really heard that. I mean, they play different positions. I think they would work really well in concert. I mean, the, they would both know that it, they'd only be here for one more year. Uh, and and now you got three guys that are only here for one more year next year. Tyus, O'Shea Brissett, who I believe goes to the pros, and, and Darius Baisley. So, I don't know. I'd have to look more into that because otherwise I'd just be kind of speculating on that. I don't know if there's you know a layer or two deeper to that beyond basketball, but uh, we know it's not going to happen anyway, so uh, I'll just kind of leave it at that. Right, okay, fair enough. Uh, but the other thing I want to say is, you know, I, I think for all the measurables and, and the combine ties was up there with everyone, my, my thought is that, and, and we've been hearing, uh, you know, hearing about it a lot, is his shot was a problem. He has sort of a hitch at sort of the apex of when he jumps. His hand kind of does this little hitch thing, and I think that's a big problem. Uh, NBA scouts probably want to see a smooth stroke. So I think that that's something that was probably stated to him uh, that, you know, you should maybe work on that one more year. The other thing is everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people talk about Buddy Heald from Oklahoma and how amazing he was in his senior year. I I wonder how much that kind of talk was in his ear that, you know, hey, look look what can happen. You know, you come back one more year. As Syracuse fans, we all remember Dave Johnson and that amazing senior year he had, the, the progression he made from junior to senior year. So I, I, I think if he works on the things he needs to work on, there's no doubt. I mean, John Wallace is kind of the other direction on that. He, he drifted down, I think. He would have went higher his uh, junior year. I think he went to, like, number 24, whereas he was pretty much a guaranteed lottery pick his junior year. So I, I, I think the argument can be made in Tyus's case, though, that come back one more year, you, 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 have, you have more to gain to come back, in my opinion. I so. agree with you, Vito. I think every case is different. Some players don't. Some players do. He's squarely in the – he certainly has the opportunity to improve his stock based on a number of factors, including one that's sort of become a narrative here, and I want to find out how legit that is, and that is that next year's draft is weaker. Our next guest, Steve Kyler. From Basketball Insiders can fill in that. Let's talk about it next. You're on the Block, ESPN Radio. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Good day to get down and shake that booty to some Rick Astley. Welcome back. Guess what tomorrow is, kids? It is time for the Summit Federal Credit Union Taste of Syracuse. It's this weekend. It's here. Bring all the dollar-dollar bills, dollar samples, all the best food, you know. Come on, taste of Syracuse, man. You know the deal. Join us at the Del Lago Resort and Casino Broadcast Tower Friday for the Daniel Baldwin Show. He'll be there right when things open up at 11 o'clock till noon. And then on the block with Brent Dax. Hey, that's me. From 4 until 6, come on back Saturday. You can meet Daniel Baldwin from 11 to 1. Register for a chance to win tickets on the Bob's True Value bus to see the Mets and Yankees at City Field. And, of course, the food! Um, you are more than welcome to come by the summit. Uh, the summit—that's my dog's name too. I love it. Summit Federal Credit Union Taste of Syracuse this weekend and say hello. Please come to the Del Lago Resort and Casino Broadcast Tower and say hello. Wave, maybe talk some sports. Please do not ask me where the bathroom is, or 
Can you tell me where the bang bang trip are? If I'm if I'm off the air, I'm happy to help. But this this happens all the time. Like people come, I'm, I'm like talking on the radio, sir. Where's the salt potatoes? We have many great Galaxy Media people that will be glad to help you with that. But man, I'm talking about sports right now, so please say hello, come up. But I don't know where the bathroom is. I, I don't. Just ask someone else. But we'll be there, baby. So much live music, including Smash Mouth, Saturday night for free. Come on, baby. Come on down. We'll be there tomorrow. And, of course, it happens both Friday and Saturday. Downtown Syracuse, Clinton Square. Be there or be square, baby. It's the Taste of Syracuse. That's not even my favorite one. My favorite one was uh, one time I was broadcasting at the Great New York State Fair, and I was in the Time Warner building, okay? And at the time, my radio show was simulcast on what was then called Time Warner Cable Sports Channel. So I am on the air. I am doing the show. And a gentleman comes up to me, and he just starts complaining about his Time Warner Cable bill. It was a great radio bit and a great TV bit, don't get me wrong. So I I let that ride as far as as we could take it. But I was like, do you not see cameras, headset, talking? Like, what? how, how am I the person... To complain that you pay too much for your cable, like, I, how does that enter your head? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. So, please say hello at the Taste of Syracuse. But, I, I, you know, I can show you where the Bang Bang Shrimp is during commercial breaks. And all the great food. I mean, come on. Come stuff your belly, baby. It's going to be a great time. Stephen North Syracuse, ladies and gentlemen. He's on the block, ESPN Radio at 437-7644. Hello, Steve. Uh, many to time I've wondered where the bathroom was, but I never thought to ask you. <laughs> I'm setting myself up now because 45 people are going to ask me this now tomorrow. Uh, anyway, uh, I heard a previous caller mention that John Wallace made a mistake staying for his senior year. I, I don't know what his potential draft level was uh, as a junior. He, uh, I looked it up. He was drafted 18th as a senior. I can't imagine there's anything that happened in that senior year that reduced his draft status. No, and John Wallace had a nice NBA career. So, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, lottery pick to 18. He Technically, he did fall, but we're not talking about out of the first round or anything. Yeah, and I'm very glad he came back for a season. Oh, no question so. about it. <laughs> and uh, I, I also noticed Kobe Bryant was drafted 13th that year. Right behind Vitaly Potapenko, oh, which began the famous Vitaly Potapenko era in the NBA. <laughs> uh, right up there with the Darko Milicic era. As well, yes, so. yes. Uh, anyway, uh, what we've got now is the entire starting lineup for a Sweet 16 team that was very close to being an Elite 8 team coming back. And there's a, a litany in recent years of... Teams with veteran lineups and especially veteran backcourts doing very well. You think of the Connecticut National Champions, Louisville, uh, North Carolina had a lot of veterans, Villanova is that kind of a team, and we could be that kind of a team this coming year. But we, we got to remember the ECC is still going to be very, very difficult. The NCAA is always going to be a crapshoot, just ask Virginia. So the the one goal that I'm going to maintain during the summer and fall is that when it comes to Selection Sunday, we're going to be curious and not nervous because uh, we've had four years in a row where, where we were nervous because we were a bubble team. And my goal is curiosity, uh, finding out who we're going to play. 
And I think this team will, at the very least, be good enough to keep us curious. And to apply that, Steve, and appreciate the call and the great insight as always, my friend, I'll be happy to tell you where the bathroom is tomorrow at Taste of Syracuse. That's what our approach was to Syracuse players in the draft the last six years. It was curiosity, not nervousness. We were nervous, to use a term, about Tyus Battle, whether you come back or not. Yesterday was a very, uh, let's say, you know, I'm embarrassed to admit how many times I probably refreshed, uh, refreshed Twitter yesterday, right? With the guys that have gone into the draft before Tyus, the previous six, it's curiosity where they will go. And all six of them in the first round. This is more of a calm about, okay, well, Syracuse isn't going to have a player drafted this year. But the thing is with that team, and you said it, and we know how this works. And I remember our boy Dro called in yesterday and, and talked about the expectation of this team and do you kind of draw the line at the Sweet 16? I said, you yeah, know, that's fair. But what we've learned is, man, that tournament, the twists and the turns and how the bracket breaks and, you know, it's it's almost harder at times to be a team that's expected from the get-go to be successful in the tournament. And I think Michigan State learned that. And you can go through a number of high seeds. Arizona loses to Buffalo, and they had some things going on off the court, of course, with the Sean Miller thing. But the advantage that Syracuse had in two of their last three deep tournament runs, and one of those was a Final Four and the other was a Sweet 16, was they kind of snuck in and were motivated and were given a, kind of a refresh at the end. Timing is everything. Bracket is there. Upsets that happen around them. I mean, a lot of things have to come together to be successful in the tournament. I would much rather have that curiosity factor as opposed to the nervousness factor that Steve had. It worked out. We had to ride out the nervous games, and they were close games. Cardiac Cuse was in full effect for that team last year, but you'd rather be curious about how good a team can be. But that brings up the question, with Tyus battled back, you know, kind of where do you set the expectation? And I think it's fair to say, look, they MacGyvered their way to a Sweet 16 last year. At the very least, that's where you draw the line. But we also know the circumstances of that, the bracket they got in, the, you know, matchups, and there's just so much you don't know until that bracket comes out on Selection Sunday, right? We can certainly continue to talk about that. I know it's on your mind. Mike McAllister will join us in 20 minutes because lost in the Tyus battle, watch yesterday, was a pretty big recruiting note. For the orange, we'll get into right now. Hit me with that fancy open. Let's do a couple hot takes here. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> it's time for hot takes on the block. Here comes Theodore moving right to left, hits the red line and shoots in. Took a crazy hop, back out in front for Tuck. What a save! The save of the series by Brayden Holtby after the puck came out off the corner boards and Tuck is robbed by the Capitals goaltender. That's the great Kenny Albert there. And listen, on Westwood One, where you can hear the Stanley Cup final, that was the greatest save I've ever seen. I'm not trying to do hyperbole here. I'm not trying to, you know, this is the hot take segment, right, where sometimes we mock statements like that. I'm dead serious. And, boy, did I undersell this last night. Because you see it, and you're looking for gifts, and you know, I'm like, oh, and I shared it on Twitter. I'm like, oh, that could be the save of the playoffs. 
Well, with a little perspective and taking a step back and thinking about it and going on YouTube today, and because I got that kind of time, I've not seen a better save than that in my life. And I've seen great goaltending at crunch games and guys that went on to the National Hockey League and NHL games I've been to and playoffs that I've watched in the past. That's the best save I've ever seen. And the fact that it was done on our own Alex Tuck, who will be haunted by that if he can't come back in Game 3 and score and erase that memory as quickly as possible. So there's a couple things. One is what I said. It's the greatest goal I've ever seen. Two, what a bounce back for the Washington Capitals last night. To get a game in Vegas is absolutely huge. Braden Holpe, remember, was replaced at the start of this playoffs for two games. He was awful. He deserved to be benched. And he has been lights out since then. It's amazing how sometimes you got to humble a player to get the best out of him, and that got the best out of Braden Holpe. I'm still trying to process how Alex Tuck didn't score on that play. How Holpe was able to reach out and just that one sliver of wood on on that stick that got that thing. That's really all I got. That's hot. That was the greatest save I've made. I have seen a goaltender make. No offense to the great Wayne Mahar in the street hockey game because I've seen him make some great saves too. And my boy Kenny, who's been our goalie the past couple of years, but I, I I think that's it. I think that's the list. NBA final start tonight, and you know I think LeBron James said something pretty interesting. Let's take a listen. I can't sit here right now and say that um, um, that that the finals was was a part of my thinking. It was not. You saw me at one point early in the season. I think it was in December or January, and you was looked at me like, "Okay, Mona, I know you. What you what you doing?" And it's crazy because right before you seen me, I had already kind of hit that switch. I was like, "Okay, I'm not quite sure what we're going to do with this ball club. We're not playing good basketball, but." Um, you can't sell yourself short. So I kind of hit that switch before the trade deadline. And um, but to sit here, I can't even lie to you. Sit here and say I'm, will we be a part of the finals? I would be definitely lying to you if I said yes. We would be in the finals in January, or February. Honesty from LeBron James there, because there was a time right to the end where we didn't think this Cleveland Cavaliers team was capable of getting to the, the finals. He admits there is a switch. He flips there, and all great players have that extra level. They can only go to at certain times. And think how great LeBron's been to this point. Now we're going to see NBA Finals, LeBron. But he also said this, quote, They always kind of talked about the NBA Prime is about 27 until 31-32. That's if you get lucky. James, who is 33, said Wednesday, goes on to say this, quote, I don't know. I've just never really bought into that. I've never really bought into a ceiling either. You guys in the media talked about what's your ceiling. And I've always kind of told you guys, I don't really have a ceiling. I want to try to just maximize as much as I can and be as good as I can. Now, LeBron James has been in the NBA for 15 years. He is about to break his personal record for most games in a single regular season plus a postseason. Okay, I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how much training you do. He is about to play his 101st basketball game tonight of this season. The previous high was 100, set in 2010-11. So... I'm not saying you have to like LeBron James, because automatically when I say that name, talking about you, Mike Rajasic, what's up, buddy? People roll their eyes about LeBron. And I'm here to tell you that you don't have to like him, but 
You go play 101 basketball games and see how you feel. Even in, in prime shape, let alone at 33 years old. You know who else is 33 years old around that age? He just had his birthday, so I think he's 34. But you know who else is that age? Carmelo Anthony. How's, how's his game looking these days? Dwayne Wade was in that draft. Dwayne Wade's going to retire probably. He's just scratching out one-year deal after one-year deal. Like There are players that are at 33, 34, really good players at one time, that are clearly on the downfall. If I didn't tell you how old LeBron James was and just presented the stats and presented what he's doing in his production and the fact that he did not sit out one basketball game this year. I had somebody tweet me the other day who said, you know, because Alexander Ovechkin got hit in the face and someone was like, oh, LeBron. He would never do, what would happen if LeBron did that? I'm like, you realize LeBron James didn't sit out a basketball game? That he has put the equivalent of three years of extra basketball on his body for the amount of playoff games they've been in? He's been to eight straight finals. You do not pass go, collect $200, and get to the finals. There are series before that. You have to win three rounds just to get there. I don't understand why I have to continue to make this argument with some people. Again, I don't, you don't have to like LeBron James. But for, you know, some dopey hockey fan or somebody like, oh, LeBron's not tough. Really? Like, take a step back, take a breath, slap yourself in the face, and then make that point again. Are there certain people in the NBA that you can apply that to? Yes. Does LeBron James complain about every whistle? He's ever been whistled for. I mean, LeBron James, according to him, has never committed a foul in his life. There are faults there. The decision, not a good decision. But come on, man, 101 basketball games, and now they face Golden State, and I don't think anybody in their right mind thinks they can beat that team four times. But would it really surprise you if it happened? That's how good LeBron is. He has made the impossible at least possible in your mind. And he said in an interview with ESPN's Cassidy Hubberth back in March that he declared then he felt the best he had in his entire career. And he said, quote, I don't know if she believed me, and I don't know if you guys believe me, but I really felt that, and I continue to just play at an all-time level standard for the rest of the season. Hopefully I can continue that in the finals as well. That's not arrogance, by the way. That is self-awareness. That is LeBron knowing what his role is, knowing a level he's got to play on, knowing what his supporting cast is, and Kevin Love will play in this game, but he's coming off a concussion. That's a guy who knows exactly what he's got to do, and think about what we're talking about here. We're talking about, okay, i, I got to go next level here, so that means another triple-double, another 40-point game, setting more records, and he talks about it as if he's filling out a grocery list. He talks about it like he's Forrest Gump. And i got to go to the White House again and meet the President of the United States again, right? So I, I continue to be baffled by people that just That's hot. skip Bayless, want to find any little morsel they can to criticize LeBron. Because if you do that, you're, I mean, you're just jealous is what you are. That's That's all there is to it. Again, you're not going to hang with him and have beers. You don't have to like the guy, but... Keep trying to take LeBron James down in some form because you'll be wrong every time. Every time. Well, Jordan never lost the finals, you know. Okay. Thank you for that. 
he was six and seven in the playoffs before that. You realize, like Michael Jordan didn't wasn't undefeated in the playoffs. Like just anyway, let's not get into that debate, shall we? Four three seven seventy six forty four is the phone number. Let us take a break. Mike McAllister coming up in about ten minutes. Yep, ties battle, big deal. We'll continue to discuss that, but a little bit of recruiting news yesterday. In case you missed it, Mike will fill us in on that. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. Thank you. Bye bye. 